0: So Russ, it is Super Bowl week. It has arrived. It's really exciting stuff. Here we are. Can't believe it, but here
1: we are. That this two-week window might be the worst experience for any football fan. It is like it is akin to getting into a uh, a soccer season and there being the international break, except course, like worse because it's Of course it's worse because here we are. It well, you know what? I mean, the bye week felt bad enough. The, uh, the first round bye felt bad enough, but waiting with bated breath, waiting with anticipation to watch your team, your town, your Philadelphia Eagles take on the evil empire in Brady and Belichick. The two weeks just leaves people looking for awful stats, awful narratives, and at some point you just want them to play the game. And yeah, so we- and it's
0: also, there was no football at all yesterday. You know, when the Eagles have, a, it was the first Sunday since the beginning of the season without football. So how are you, you gonna could, trash?
1: How are you gonna trash the Pro Bowl like that?
0: <laughs> That's true. You could, pro, but you know, you could kind of paper over it. That that first week, it's Wild Card Weekend. You're you're watching the games. You're trying to decide who the Eagles are going to play and all that stuff. But this this Sunday always feels a little bit weird because it's the first time in a long time there hasn't been any football. Uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's it it's it's really interesting because I guess other you know Boston's obviously used to this, but. I'm, I'm glad last week is over for a whole number of reasons um, First and foremost, um, for people wondering why I wasn't here on Friday and why it was just you and Adam uh, I will say that the last uh, three days of my life have been almost, almost entirely about uh, getting all of these uh, t-shirt orders out As you have seen uh, firsthand, um, <laughs> it's an undertaking Um, so we had usually my wife handles it but um, this is obviously past the capacity of one person Um, so we have we had solicited help from pretty much our entire immediate families on both sides over the past three days uh, in order to get everything that came in out by today and uh, happy to say that uh, every order prior to like seven p m last night with the exception of of just a small handful that we are waiting to arrive today which should go out today are are packed and and going out today and should start arriving in mailboxes uh tomorrow and wednesday your post office uh, must love you they do well we have loading dock privileges i uh whoa i, I keep Tape them happy news. keep they are eagles fans so i've been keeping them happy with uh with t shirts so uh now, they, you know, they get it. They're they're Eagles fans, so they said we, we would love to be even busier uh, next week if they win the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, so start. that's why I wasn't here on Friday. It's pretty much just we had uh, continuously stuff to, to do. And then um, as for today's show, obviously it's me and you right now. Uh, you and Adam have recorded a second part of this podcast, which we will either edit on the beginning or end. We're recording this part on Monday morning at our usual 6 a.m. time. Adam is out in Minnesota with Bleacher Report. <sighs> mm. uh, he, is at mall, he is in the Mall of America on Radio Row. So um, our schedule will be a little bit unique this week. We, this episode will sort of be uh, all Russ and then half Kyle and half Adam. Uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, we have our live podcast at Carlino's in Westchester from 7 to 9. Great food uh pres- uh we believe beer apparel there, is, there e-
1: are two breweries wow I this I covered this on the other part but there are two breweries that okay. will be there Lacabra Brewing out of Berwyn they were a big hit in Ardmore or Berwyn
0: and, if you prefer
1: no and uh Boxcar Brewing in Westchester they will both be there providing the bubbly so you should uh make sure that you come out again I don't think people understand this Kyle the Dueling food is breweries. the the food is free the beer is free. And, like, it's funny because on Twitter, somebody will, will ask, what's the cover? Or, like, I think people think that the food is going to be, like, what Adam's going to have to experience at the Mall of America where it's, like, somebody chasing you down for, like, that one little end chicken strip tip of, like, General Sow's chicken or General Sow if you prefer. It's not that. It's full slices of tomato pie. It's more dips than you can shake a stick at. It's toasted crostini. It's wings done, I think, two different ways. I mean, there's plenty of food. And, um, according, and to Carlino's, according to Carlino's, they said that it's going to be an awesome spread and it's going to be even more food than last time. They are preparing for the numbers. So uh, make sure you come out. I've detailed this on Twitter. Um, there are a couple of different places that you can park that should be free to you. If you uh, have a hard time finding them, shoot me a tweet and I will be... Happy. I'll be the, uh, the resident parking expert of Westchester, so,
0: Pennsylvania. So, yeah, so the Tuesday night show will be different. Um, it'll be me and you. Uh, we'll have some of the Crossing Broad guys there. I think Kevin and, um, you know, definitely Kevin, I know for sure. Uh, so he'll probably be joining us as well. So the uh, Wednesday show will be a little bit different than Friday. We're going to try all of us to do the last show before the Super Bowl Friday morning as uh, like normal. Adam is an hour behind in Minnesota, but that shouldn't uh, affect things. So we should have a normal show on Friday. So that's sort of our scheduling for this week. It's a little bit unique. Um, There's still a chance we may do one or or two other one-off things, depending on how things go. Uh, But anyway, that's why I wasn't here on Friday. Uh, That's why I uh, didn't join for the other half that Adam and Russ... uh, uh, Adam and Russ recorded last night. Um, the other part of last week being over is that I don't think we knew locally how to react to um, the Eagles being in the Super Bowl because, you know, while there's great joy and and everybody talking about what this means and all that stuff, um, I think we largely, it, it's hard to really quite turn to uh, turn the page to the Patriots last week because you wanted to rightfully enjoy the fact that the Eagles were going to be in the Super Bowl. Um, I think for people who who are, you know, sort of in this racket, I know I talked to one uh, local media exec who, you know, has a sports property, and he told me last week he was working 14- to 15-hour days trying to make sure they didn't miss any opportunities. Uh, He's not from here and said that he has never seen anything like this. He compared it to a tsunami. Um, So, like, just the amount of... um, We talked about this on the show last week, the amount of local businesses and media and everything, like just everybody is caught up in this. And it's just kind of so unique because this is the first real uh, championship run we've had uh, since, since 2009 and, you know, kind of in the social media era. So it's just everything is sort of different in the way it's being covered and the way we're all consuming it and getting hyped for the Super Bowl. Uh, but I'm kind of glad that's over because I think we a lot of us got caught up in that Minnesota narrative last week and um, the fallout from uh, Minnesota fans and trash talking Minnesota and all this and and reveling in the Eagles win.
1: Now petty, this week,
0: petty Minnesota fans canceling their
1: Airbnbs, yeah, petty restaurant owners not allowing Eagles players apparently to make reservations at their restaurants or people you know booking so many reservations that there are none available
0: yeah yeah that's good old so, midwestern uh hospitality but i'm i'm done with it. i'm glad that's over with i'm glad like i don't want to as much as we're going to get a couple of the one day a week we're going to get minnesota stories this week minnesota fans this this I, i'm done with them uh you've had your time uh you lost thanks for hosting the super bowl you you did nothing to necessarily deserve that other than have a big fucking mall and a new stadium which none of you had anything to do with while you were ice fishing So this week's all about the Patriots. You're going to see it. I'm on Twitter right now, and almost every tweet from a sports outlet is coming to us from the Mall of America. It's going to be nonstop uh, coverage. It's going to be unlike anything I think we've seen as as Eagles fans, and uh, it's all about the Patriots. So let's start there. Um, I'm feeling really good about the game. Maybe not better than I felt about the Vikings game, but actually better than I felt about the Falcons game. Uh, what says you? I really hate to do this, but like, oh, boy,
1: in the other in the other half of the show, whether that's before or after, I made more references to Adam's other podcasts than I think has ever been done. And the I got, episode
0: to tell people the episode of Sims and Lefco from I believe it's dated January 25th. Um, it's the one about the conference championships and it's a conference championship breakdown following the game film review and all that. Uh, with him and, and Sims, I don't listen to every one of their shows, but I definitely made a point to listen to that one, and it is it is terrific. Uh, it really is. They S- they did a terrific job breaking down the conference championship games and the potential Eagles potential in the Super Bowl. They had Phil Sims on, uh, so I would highly recommend when you're done listening to this show, go listen to that. Um, they do a great job anyway, but that is uh, that is an episode every Eagles fan needs to listen to because it might be the best breakdown of the Eagles-Patriots game, that I've heard yet. And uh, it puts anything local media, sports talk radio, uh, or ESPN or anything like that has put up uh, to shame, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. So in, in that episode, they talked about uh, the three phases of Tom Brady's career. And we are now, I guess, in part three, which is the rebirth. But prior to that, they I was were hoping
0: ta- they would call it the goat phase, but yeah. I get it.
1: But prior to that, you know, they had talked about the— uh, the, this guy is human phase. And I think the Eagles defense has the ability to send him back to the we think he's human phase. I like I know that Brady has he has to be considered the the greatest of all time. He's he's easily number one. I know that some people like to make the Aaron Rodgers debate that because of his mobility he's a more talented quarterback, but when push comes to shove when it actually gets down to the biggest game of them all, Brady's lights out, unless he's playing the
0: Giants. Um, if I, Aaron Rodgers had a coach, I think he would be, he'd be right there. Aaron Rodgers has more ability than, than straight ability than Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady and Belichick work off. I, um, we don't I think there's,
1: it, yeah, so. there's, there's a, an argument that can be made. Yeah. Um, I, I do think I look at this game the same way that I kind of looked at um, the Minnesota game. I, although in this case, I think New England's defense is vastly underrated. And I think like as you get through the playoffs and as you get into the Super Bowl, I think like you just take it up to the next level. But like Belichick once recently called Patrick Chung one of the best, uh, I think, safeties in the NFL, which is hilarious because if it's true, if it even were to to pan out as as an accurate statement, it would just give me PTSD about the the years that he was here. Um, I think that the Eagles pass rush once again is going to be able to disrupt the game. And I feel like Brady's lack of mobility, like I, the only thing that I worry about is quick slants that end up in the hands of like a Deion Lewis or uh, a Brandon Cooks. And then that that guts you for 40, 50 yards. Those are the same kind of plays that I was worried about the potential Drew Brees matchup showing. Brady, I think, was third or fourth in the league uh, in completion percentage while facing pressure. So this guy is is unflappable. and And I guess if the Eagles are able early on to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides. I think they have a good shot. I think I, I heard a stat that the Patriots have not scored a single point in first quarters in their Super Bowls. So there needs to be an early lead by Philadelphia because you know that inevitably New England is going to be able to score. But if you pull the similar kind of thing that they did against the Vikings, if you're able to get a defensive turnover that leads to a touchdown, if you're able to dominate the line of scrimmage and, and pound them up the gut with Blunt, and get outside with the Jai and mix in Clement, and you're able to throw some fades to Alshon. Or Torrey Smith is able to catch that you know that big eighty yard bomb on like a third and two. If you're able to get Nelson Aguilar in space, it is a very very lethal offense. You need to be able to strike, strike early, strike often. And if you can, you have a shot. That's how I feel. Like I actually I, I, not as afraid. When the Eagles played the Patriots in what was it? Oh four. I was petrified. Like I knew that the team was good. I knew that we were going to spend two weeks listening to people, you know, try to give updates on if To was going to be coming back. Um, I think was Westbrook dealing with an injury. He was always dealing with injuries in the playoffs. But like that Eagles team was so dependent on a few major mega stars, whereas this team like really is a team. If one guy goes down, it's the next one up, and it's not just like the the traditional. You, know, every, oh, you, you lose a guy, you got to have the next guy step up. It's not like that. It really is a thing. This coaching staff has done a great job all year of getting the next guy ready. So if one of our guys goes down early in the game, uh, if somebody has to go out for injury protocol or concussion protocol, I'm not worried. There is always the next guy up. This is the most complete team I think we have ever seen, at least in this modern era, uh, like the 60s and 70s and even 80s when I wasn't alive, notwithstanding. For the Eagles. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like... They have a shot, and anytime you feel like you can go into this one-game playoff, the biggest game of them all, and you ha- you know going in you have a shot—that's all you need.
0: I think, um, yeah, it's. I think they have more than a shot. Um, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced they're going to win. Um, I don't. I don't know why. I think you know, like you said, the the O four team that was we talked about this last week it was such a different vibe. They were—it was a relief. It wasn't joy when they got to the Super Bowl. It was relief because they got over the hump. And there was, uh, you know, not a letdown effect of the Super Bowl, but the act of winning the NFC Championship that year was such a big deal uh, that I I recall those next two weeks being more of a celebration and— um, maybe fueled by Sports Talk Radio and, and then being over the hump. I remember listening to Howard Eskin, having people call in, tell me who this is for, tell me about a, a deceased family member, who this is for, this game is for, and uh, amazement at people mortgaging their houses to go to the Super Bowl, and then a nonstop TO talk. Is he going to play? What's he going to be able to do? Oh, God, we need TO. And to your point, that team was, was – was those were really good teams. I mean, we forget how dominant that – that Eagles team was that year, but they were largely dependent on, you know, Hall of Fame level talent. Brian Dawkins, uh, Brian Westbrook, Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens, um, you know, and, and obviously kind of a legendarily aggressive defense and defensive coordinator. And that offense that year that was just clicking on all cylinders. This year's and team a, is and a couple so-
1: guys who would end up being like one year flameouts, like Javon curse mm. was hired to be like the guy at Derek Burgess. I think well, had, the, Curse the had shell, a good career, shell, You had the shell of uh of
0: Trotter at that point, right? Uh yeah, and but so. Curse had a good career, but you're right. Here, I mean that was sort of his year. Um but the like this team is just so different and that we didn't expect it, other than Carson Wentz. Um I mean, I guess you have Fletcher Cox who, you know, has potential to be a Hall of Fame level talent, and but and but they are they're just so good, like they're just really good across the board and their lines, you know, everybody talks about in football how important your lines are. They're better on both sides of the ball than the Patriots, which is such a huge advantage. And, you know, um, I want to give credit to Aton Chander, autonomous. Um, I've listened to more sports talk radio in the car this past week than I probably have all season. Uh, And he he made a good point on Saturday. He talked about how going into the Falcons game, um obviously we didn't know what to expect and I felt the same way as well I was scared of that game because we truly had no idea what uh what version really of Nick Foles was going to show up and, and by extension whether this team was going to have an offense um all year up through week 14 they had relied on a good defense and an offense that was able to just put teams away and blow them out of the stadium. Um, we hadn't seen that since Carson Wentz went down, and the Eagles had rebranded themselves as a defensive team, which is why I, I said all along, I want to play the Falcons because they're, they're, they rely this year, oddly enough, on their defense. The Vikings, obviously that's the case, and I really wanted the Jaguars because to me I saw the path for the Eagles going through three teams who want to keep it low, grind it out, and don't have uh, formidable offenses that you would have to hang with in a potential shootout. And that is like going into the game last Sunday night. I remember being I was almost down because the the Jaguars were that close, that close. And that took such a buzz between that and the Vikings opening touchdown took such it so much out of that game for me because it was like, even if the Eagles win this, we've seen what they're they're not capable of just scoring and hanging with a team like the Patriots who is going to get their points regardless, no matter how good that defense is. The, they're just going to get points. They're going to get at least two touchdowns. It's going to happen. And then the Eagles go out and put 38 against the Vikings and uh, one of the top two best defenses in football. And now here we are. And I think the entire thought process on this game has changed because we saw what we saw from the Patriots um, were genuine um, chinks in the armor. Uh, I don't want to say – I mean, they, they downright – struggled to get here and while everyone wants to talk about how great it is that Tom Brady always has a you know the miraculous comeback we want to talk about 28 to 3 we want to talk about him quote-unquote doing it again and then doing it last week against the Jaguars like that's great and really there's like something in the water there there is a gene that you know Bill Simmons would call it the clutch gene and I'm happy to to grant that upon Tom Brady however We spend so much time in sports now talking about statistics and probability and metrics and sabermetrics and all this stuff. Eventually, like they are playing outside a sustainable level like that, the ability to just come back from 10 points down all the time and have these miraculously miraculous wins, that's really not sustainable. And if you chart that over the long run, you're going to see the Patriots are going to regress to the mean a little bit and that we're going to stop seeing these stupid charts that show, that show the Patriots had a 12... As of the five-minute mark of the fourth quarter, they had a 12% chance of winning the game. And then we see that little chart where it's just a straight line up to 100% until the clock hits zero. Like the That is, that is not sustainable. And you have to begin to think, okay... If they're so good, why are they tend to find themselves in these situations a lot? Um, Part of that is they are really good, and they're able to get themselves out of situations that bad teams wouldn't. But on the other side, it shows that they're very beatable. And um, I will think I'll be more terrified in my life than if the Eagles are up, say, 10 to 14 points with eight minutes to go in that game. I don't think there'll be anything scarier. I'd almost rather them be down 10 points because... It will be like like falling off a roller coaster on the way down, and just hoping you're able to hang on.
1: We will uh, know ten minutes into the game if they're going to if they're going to have a legitimate chance. And in those first ten minutes of the game, or I guess you can even extend it to fifteen. Like I said, the first quarter, if the Eagles don't score in the first, or they don't have a lead in the first, that's a big issue. That's a nah, that's, see, that is I'm, see, I'm I just, disagree. Well, then I'm sorry, you're wrong. No, but, no, but like no, but I'm saying do the Patriots, have a chance. Patriots, but no, no, I think but you're going saying, into this with the, no.
0: like underdog mentality
1: no it's not well I mean that has to be part of this but my bigger issue is the Patriots do not score in the first quarters of Super Bowls you have a prime opportunity that's not an arbitrary stat that is a fact and when you have the ability like when you know that you can go into this and you should and and need to come out with a lead in that first quarter like that is a big deal so like to me that's number one they need to get points on the board in the first quarter the second thing is seeing how Foles looks in the pocket. If he is able to step up, he's a totally different quarterback. If they give him time, if he is able, if he's not rushed, if he's not uh, flushing outside the pocket um, and throwing off the run, we're going to be in good shape. The only time I ever want to see Nick Foles throwing off the run outside of the pocket is after he's completed a few short passes or a a few intermediate routes after being able to step up. Because if he doesn't have the confidence and he doesn't have the rhythm and the timing down with his receivers on this big stage, the last thing you want him to do is to roll out. So if in that first quarter we are able to see Nick step up and complete some passes, even if it doesn't result in points in the first two drives, uh, and they're able to score maybe on their third drive of the quarter, then we're going to be in good shape. Otherwise, See, like, I, I'm going to be nervous, which is fine. I'll be nervous the entire game, but yeah. that'll be a good way to instill some confidence. If they go out on the first drive and somehow manage to score a touchdown... Um, the whole place will go bonkers. But then maybe you're right. Like maybe then we are afraid that we have to hang on for dear life the rest of the way. The defense is good enough. If you get the defense a lead, this isn't going to be like Nick Foles' first uh playoff game a few years ago, where he leaves the field in the fourth quarter with a lead and the defense blows it. I don't see that being the thing. At least I said I don't foresee it. The defense has. De-
0: yeah, and I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like I, I'm more upbeat than you. I'm not worried about. I, I'm not first-
1: down. I, I want to be clear. Like if it comes off like that, I'm not down. I'm just, I'm trying to be a, a realist about like wanting to kind of see where the strengths and weaknesses lie with this team. Like I, I hate, I hated last week. Uh I it just feels like all kinds of fake hype and stupid narratives. Like now I'm ready to get down to it and to really figure out how good of a chance, like are the Eagles, should the Eagles be, be favored? Like those are the kind of things that I want to take a look at. Um So I, I don't mean to sound down. Like I'm very excited and I, and I feel almost as good about this matchup as I did about the Minnesota matchup. So, like, I'm ready to go. I, I just need to learn more about this Patriots team now and not buy into the folklore of years gone by.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And But I guess I'm, like, I don't need that start. I mean, obviously, yes, scoring early, all these things are good. I, I, I'm I half expecting a 0-0 game after the first quarter. Um, you allude to the Patriots not starting well. The Eagles all season on anything more than... a seven-day break have not started well. They've started well this season, but when they've had time off, they have not. Um, and I would think with it being the Super Bowl and all the distractions and everything that goes with that, I would not be surprised to see, you know, them too come out a little tight and and a zero zero game. So I'm not, like, I'm not basing my emotions on this game on, you know, how they come out on the first couple of drives. I genuinely think, you know, the thing with the Eagles is they killed people all year long. What we saw last week was not a fluke. This wasn't like, oh, wow. You know, it's not the sort of thing where they're going to get hammered by the Patriots and we're going to think, what were we thinking? Like, you know, that was such an anomaly. It really wasn't. They've killed teams all year long. And then when Wentz got hurt, that stopped. And we had this big question mark hanging over our heads with Foles. And they had yet to do that. And it looked like you were like, hey, you know, Carson Wentz is half the offense and as well-rounded as this team is, they're just not going to be able to do it without, with Nick Foles back there. But now that we see saw them do that, to what is one of the top two defenses in the leagues I think statistically number one to me I the Jaguars just look like a different beast but you know let's call the Vikings a great excellent defense to see Foles be able to do that to them and look confident and have his feet under him you know I I, the potential to have the early season pre-week 14 weeks 5 through 14 Eagles offense that we you know that, that sent us on the way to dominating the league there's real potential for that and you know, that's reflected in the line. A few weeks ago, the Eagles would have been seven-point underdogs to the Patriots. It's like five right now, maybe even 4.5 in some places. We'll see what happens closer to the game. With Wentz, they would have been around that, probably about a four, three- to four-point dog. So I think Vegas, too, is taking into account the fact that, nope, the Eagles still have that same offense they had. Um, that's, that's why I feel so good about the game. If you were to have told me in week 14 who's better, the Eagles were the best team in football for like a month there. It was clear they were the best team in football. It's the Wentz injury that reset all those expectations. And, well, sure, Foles is not as good as Wentz. I mean, he showed that he could step right into this offense and do some pretty great things. And, you know, I don't know. I just think if he shows up and he's 80% of the player we saw against uh, the Vikings, he's, he's probably not going to replicate that performance. But he's that confident and... Um, you know, it, we don't need three 40-yard bombs. You know, that, that's probably not going to happen again. This team's good enough and, quite frankly, I think better than the Patriots. And then the only X factor is it's a big one. It's Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. It's their insane ability to come back uh, from seemingly insurmountable odds. And it's, it's Bill Belichick not just being the greatest coach ever. But, you know, I'm not convinced they don't, they, they don't find every angle within or outside of the rule book to gain an advantage. And I'm dead serious when I think the Eagles should be – I'm sure they have private security around their practices, but they should very much be very uh, careful about what what gets out there, where their playbooks are, who's in their building while they're practicing, who's in their hotel. I I don't – that's not even like conspiracy stuff. I mean those are things teams in the NFL do against the Patriots and – that worries me because I, I Bill Belichick, if nothing else, is a smart guy, and he, as much hubris as he has, he has none about. He's a paranoid guy about his opponent, and there's no doubt he looks at that Eagles team and sees uh, more talent across the field than, um, you know, more talent and and more depth and well a well coached team that he is. I, I'm certain, afraid of, uh, you know, no doubt about it. Same and way he was with be. Jacksonville, and the same way Adam had said. And him and Sims had said at the beginning of the year they're going to practice with the Jaguars because they're afraid of them. And lo and behold, what is it that the Patriots players cited last week, as they Detroit talked about on their podcast? Yeah, the fact that uh, they practiced with Jacksonville helped them in the AFC Championship game. So I don't know. On de- defensively, I worry about those short routes too. I worry about Ronald Darby, who's seen who he gives a lot of cushion underneath for a guy as quick as he is. He gives a lot of cushion. And I worry about uh, I worry more about Amendola. It's the Patriots. It's the Patriots. You know, quick, speedy, uh, relatively unathletic white guy offense. You know, the Wes Welkers, the Julian Edelman's, the Danny Amendola. It's just running, just running underneath, catching the ball, and then and then squirting up the for field for eight yards. to ten yards per yep. play. That worries me a whole lot, especially with Ronald Darby. So at the live
1: show, we'll we'll do more dissection of the game. We will probably do a little bit of catching up about what's happening in Sixers land. Uh, we'll see if there, if we can figure out what the heck Mar- Markel Fultz was tweeting about at midnight when he or, or I guess it was 9.15 or something when he said, you really can't trust no one. We can maybe recap um, Joel Embiid putting Russell Westbrook on a poster. Uh, there are a lot of interesting things happening in Philly sports that I'm sure that we would love to talk about if we had like a two-hour show to do it. Um, but it's the Super Bowl week. And I know that some people might be feeling like it's very sports talk radio of us to go almost Eagles exclusive. But in fairness, it's a Super Bowl. And as we saw with that '04 4 team, we always thought that they would get back to the next year's Super Bowl. We thought that they might go on a run. And here we are 14 years later. So uh, I think it's important that we kind of capture the moment here and make the most of it. So, uh, it's, it is a huge week coming up. Remember Carlino's Tuesday night seven to nine in Westchester. Uh, there is a write up on the website. there's plenty of stuff you can follow uh, me at Joy on Broad for updates Kyle at Crossing Broad. I uh, always follow our dear friend at Adam Lefco for updates on what it's like in Media Row out in Minnesota. And um, even follow at Carlino's Market. They're going to be the ones posting, I guess, any kind of last minute updates that have to do with the live show. It's going to be exciting stuff. We hope to see everybody out there. There's uh, free food, free beer. You need to be there.
0: And we also want to thank our friends at Amerigas, uh, the nation's number one propane provider, available at over 55,000 locations, including locally Home Depot and 7 Eleven. Be sure to take part in the hashtag showyourtank promotion. Go to crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas, enter your name, email, and zip code, and then be sure to tweet, uh, show your tank, take the most glorious, uh, incredible, ironic picture of an Amerigas propane tank, and uh, you will be entered to win uh, over $500 in prizes, including a gas grill, uh, a portable heat lamp, uh, two tailgating chairs, a hose to hook everything up to the propane, and $200 worth of apparel to the Crossing Broad store. Uh, All you'll need to add is, like, the propane tank itself and the hot dogs, and uh, you have yourself uh, quite the tailgate or party or whatever it is you want to do. So, um, yeah, thanks to both of our sponsors, Carlino's and Amerigas, and uh, we'll see you on uh, uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday morning for the posting of the show. What is going on, everybody? It's the Crossing broadcast. I know this is weird,
1: but this is Russ. At joy on broad, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Bleacher Report's own on the ground in Minnesota behind enemy lines, Adam Lefko.
2: Adam, ah, tell us enemy lines. Oh baby, these are our lines. We draw the lines. We put the circle in the sand, and we let them know where we stand. I am here. I've literally been in Minnesota now for approximately forty-two minutes. Um, I, dude, on my flight. I was sitting next to Phil Sims the entire flight. Uh, it was me and him. And when I tell you that he talked for 75% of the conversation, I was going to get so much work done and I got nothing done because I had Phil showing me game film and explaining to me what uh, young Bill Belichick was like for three hours.
1: That sounds incredible. It big effort, of, big effort himself, right? Yeah, big fucker. I was, yeah, I was listening to uh, to the most recent episode of Get Ready For It. Get Your Cups, Sims and Lefko. and, uh... Ooh, that didn't got, sound like a cup. Yeah, ne- uh, I don't know what that was. That was a real quick inhale of air. Um, so, you're out there now. Uh, yeah. We're recording this Sunday night. I don't know if this is going to be the beginning or the end of the episode, but, uh... Tell us about, you know, you got the flight there. You got the 75% conversation with Phil Simms. That's great. How's Phil feeling feeling about the game?
2: So he thinks that the Eagles are the better, more talented team. But when you're facing Belichick, quote, it doesn't matter. Uh, He said, the one thing he did say to me, X's and O's wise, is that he believes that they are going to try and attack Jason Kelsey. He thinks that while Jason Kelsey is good on the outside, he thinks that he could be a liability right up the middle. And he said, don't be surprised if you see Trey Flowers lined right up over center. Um, we were also sitting behind Chris Mad Dog Russo uh, from Mike and the Mad Dog. And I watched him for about three hours just read box scores and news clippings and write by hand into a calendar. And that was fascinating to watch as well. Um, but I think the other thing that Phil was was saying um, about the game was he started watching the Cowboys-Eagles game um, and immediately was just like, the Cowboys defense is stupid. And uh, so I don't think he learned anything from that game. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, it was fascinating also to get to uh, like the luggage baggage claim. And there was like five people with footballs and helmets and all that stuff ready for Phil to sign. And I was just like, how did these guys know that Big Phil was going to be coming down? But he had to, he signed like, I don't know, a million, like 40 things. And I was like, Phil, man, that was a lot of money that you just gave away. He goes, I know, but they, they find me. I don't know how it works. So it was... <laughs> it was an adventure man it was it was cool to to i mean this guy came up and was like hey big phil my, my son's a big fan and i was like your kid's eight years old he has no idea who this is you're just trying to get something signed but you had um, no
1: idea no that kid's definitely been going down breaking down film since he saw your rant about the 1990 giants team he he wanted to uh watch up and in, into including that game so he could uh Feel well versed. Yeah, I told Phil. Teams.
2: I told Phil that 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 uh, rant kind of went big, and he goes, "It's crazy. It really is crazy how much we are alike. It's interesting, but um, yeah, man, we're here in Minnesota. It's uh, it, it's nice not to be local media." Uh, Russ, because I'll tell you, man, there was a time where I'd have to be running out there to the airport to get them coming off the plane and then running to get them off the plane and getting that quick 15 seconds and throw that on Twitter with a ton of emojis and really just getting the same sound bite that they're excited to be here. It's a business trip, but um, yeah, and then trying to, to run around during uh, media night tomorrow and that sounds exhausting.
1: Well, speaking of uh, a few seconds and throwing things down, you didn't get to see this because uh, I'm sure that it's not on there. Oh, actually, it's on ESPN right now. Joel Embiid threw down a dunk on Russell. I Rustle saw Whisper that as that. I got into
2: the hotel room. Oh,
1: oh, it was it was glorious. And then the next play, Simmons' uh, next possession, Simmons went down and also threw down a jam on the fast break. Um, okay, so what's the uh, what's the plan? What's the left go plan? What's the Sims and left go? extravaganza going to look like this week you're on Radio Row at the Mall of America correct
2: apparently I just saw on the NBC Sports Phillies Instagram story that uh, Barrett Brooks stopped off to get White Castle and I'm going to be honest with everybody I think White House Castle is the most disgusting crap ever uh, and if you're putting that in your body you don't care about your life anymore Um, but I, yeah, we're going to my life tomorrow is I'm getting credentials earlier than I'd like to, uh, and then going to the mall of America and seeing where our setup is. And then it's going to be awful. Uh, this is also another thing that media people love to do. We love to complain about our situations. And I will just say though, that putting media in a cavernous food court is probably not good for audio quality. So... Uh, we'll we'll see what that is. And then uh, I have normal meetings and stuff. And then it starts off Tuesday. Um, I think we have Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, Stefan Diggs, Orlando Pace, D'Angelo Williams. And then Wednesday, I have about 30 interviews. And then Thursday, I have about 20. And then Friday, it just gets wild. You just start looking at people being like, I don't want to talk to anybody else.
1: Now a lot of the guys that you just mentioned do not play for either of the teams in the Super Bowl. When do those guys become available? Are they available as no, so early as No, They're Tuesday Monday or? night. That's media okay.
2: night, Monday night. So I don't want to go to it. It's like they put it's like everybody in a room and that's where you see like all the craziness, like all the people dressing up and um the people uh like going up there and asking ridiculous questions and um, that's where like all the little known guys are in the stands and then all the big name guys have their own podiums and that's all Monday night, media okay. night. And, and then, it's like the Eagles oh, guys come in and the Patriots the... come in and I think they're off limits the rest of the week. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I don't want to, t- I don't want to go anywhere near that for the, uh, for the benefit of Philadelphia. When you uh, interview Stefan Diggs, can you just ask him how he felt about the, uh, false chant?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to ask him completely what it was like to get your ass kicked. Because that sucked.
0: Yeah, my my plans
2: were to talk to him about, well, you got to ask him about what it's like to have caught that catch, that he'll go down in Minnesota lore for the rest of his life, the Minneapolis miracle against New Orleans. And then I was going to follow it up with, but yo, we whooped your ass. How did that taste? Yeah, that if ES, was my follow up question.
1: If they still did the uh the anniversary games, remember back in uh, ESPN NFL 2K5, they had the uh the top twenty five all time games that you would have to reenact. That yeah, Minneapolis they Miracle would definitely that would definitely make it if if they ever do another game. Uh there was one thing that I was listening to you guys talk about this uh I guess it was this morning I was listening to it. And it was something that I had never heard of before. I don't know if if you have the time to elaborate on it. I'm sure but I you do. Guys, you guys were talking about the concept, something that that stuck out on film, about the, uh, the kind of run plays that the Eagles run, where it looks like they kind of set up for a run play off either side. Can you explain that?
2: Yeah, Sims was breaking this down for why it's so hard to key in on the Eagles run offense, because... Uh, apparently, when they're running their run pass options, they are legitimately blocking both sides and if it is the run play. So the center might pull to the left as though they're doing a, you know, a wide run left, but the guard and the right tackle might actually be blocking right. So what happens is, is as a linebacker, you see a key meaning you see a tell, you see a sign, you see the center start pulling left, and you go left, but the Eagles are actually, apparently, according to Sims and film study, Blocking both ways, where they might actually run right, but they're using the over aggressiveness of the linebackers to do that. Now, I'm not sure if that is just something they did against the Vikings, who's very aggressive run uh, linebackers and their ability. They they focus it on the a gap, which is right in the middle, which is the left and right of the center, uh, and they're trying to take advantage of that. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the same thing thing against New England remember Atlanta came out against New England and ran plays on offense and defense they hadn't run all year and that's what happens in the Super Bowl is you get two weeks to be creative and two weeks to um, you know really key in and try things that you haven't done all year but you have been working on so it will be really interesting to see what they do but that was definitely something that I thought was interesting. Um, uh look the eagles have such a size advantage that i really hope we just pound the crap out of them and if we can mix in uh misdirection and and play design to really throw them off and then take advantage that would be unbelievable
1: so when you mentioned that the the coaches you know prior to the the big game itself they start considering running plays that they haven't run all year but they've been practicing like uh, like for example, I think it was Sean Payton, right? He ran an off uh, an onside kick out of nowhere right. in their Super Bowl. How long do you think those teams actually, you know, practice those? Are those something that are, that sit in the back of the playbook and it's only in this two week lead in time? Or there is it something is that a they work clip. on? The there is a half?
2: clip that I recommend. It was the um It was a football life Patriots, like one of their Super Bowls. I don't think it was the Eagles Super Bowl. I think it may have been the Falcons Super Bowl where they had literally been practicing a play all year and they just never got to it. There was never the time. I think it was like their two-point conversion plays. Like They had like six two-point conversion plays, but they never had to use them all year. And they used all of them in the Super Bowl to get back into that game, if you remember. And they were all working. And it was just they went back and they showed like installation and training camp of all these two-point plays. So there's definitely um, some some coaching decisions that have been there all year. Uh, I think people kind of assume that they're running new plays every game. And the truth thing is, in the NFL, you kind of run what you're doing until people can stop it. I remember last year watching a game in which the Raiders ran the same running play like 20 times in a row. And they were just beating the crap out of a team because they couldn't stop it. Sometimes... Football really is the bigger guy in the trenches pushing people. And if you can't stop him, then you keep running it. Uh, I think we kind of have all grown up in Madden or we've been having athletes tell us for our entire lives that if you haven't played it, you don't know. Um, Football is simple, but it's also wildly complex in the details. Um, And I think people kind of get confused by that. Maybe even my last sentence was confusing um but i it's never as complicated as it seems and it's never as simple as it seems and that is some bruce lee shit if i've ever heard it Mm.
1: well since you're going to be living in the mall of america for the next week i I figured it's time for some trivia
2: Ooh, yes i like all right so adam Lefko, uh
1: you will be in the mall of america uh it is known to be a large mall how many yankee stadiums could you fit inside the mall of america damn I'm gonna go with 27. That's insane. No,
2: seven. Okay. All right. Well, then with... apparently the mall's not that impressive. <laughs> I just want the number of titles the Yankees had. What? Tw- yeah. Okay. 21.
1: Yeah. Uh, how many 747s could you fit inside the Mall of America?
2: Okay. So how many 747s can you fit inside of a of a Yankee Stadium? yeah I'm gonna oh, say, say it's gonna be about 16 and a half 747s
1: if you would double that you'd be right 32 would wow. fit inside yeah all right the Mall so of you America about
2: three 747s into Yankee Stadium there you go uh
1: the Mall of America apparently has its own counterterrorism unit uh, so that should make you feel a little bit better how many gallons is the aquarium how many gallons does the aquarium inside of the mall hold? I'll give you a clue. It's how big of an aquarium. Well, it's it's over seven digits. It's a one. They have a one point two million gallon aquarium. That's unnecessary. It it's entirely unnecessary. Dude,
2: I am just gonna be going and stealing free samples of Chinese food the entire.
1: Absolutely, you've got to have
2: hats and coats on rotation. I don't like malls, and now I'm realizing I'm gonna be spending the entire week at a mall. That sucks. The mall, like, damn, I'm going to get hit with that Annie Ann smell as soon as I walk in, and I'm going to be rendered useless.
1: All right, so you go to an Annie Ann's. What's your go-to?
2: I, Dude, I haven't gone. Ever? That's a thi- not in a long time. All right, so I've to you- That's the thing about New York is when you, in my opinion... When Don't you go move elitist. To, I'm not. But when you move to New York, there is no more need for malls or fast food because there's like a McDonald's right next to like incredible like one-stop shopping food as well and also like i'm never going to a mall because i don't have a car and i have amazon prime hmm. right do people do I malls guess. need like do people need malls anymore
1: i don't know i live at least decently close to king of prussia and it's uh, and king
2: of prussia was dope
1: king of prussia is the best and now they have the outdoor town center that's like not even half a mile away um, I guess, you know, you don't really need a whole lot when you're in New York City because you blow out the same color boogers that you do if you've been like working in the coal mine for the, the sure past that six Kyle, hours. So I'm
2: sure Kyle's listening right here, and I He's folding shirts. I think that Kyle has exaggerated some things in his life. I think that Kyle is he's a showman, you know what I mean? I think that might have been his greatest lie that he's ever told on crossing broad. Cast is that he blew his nose and black boogers come out i don't i i think that was all a fabrication for effect i don't think pottsville coal miners all the time blow out black boogers well we we actually have a message
1: in here from uh, kyle himself apparently either he or his wife just ran in in all caps typed not a lie true story yeah i, I say know. fake news
2: yeah
0: fake i news on that Oh wait, I'm just gonna hop in here real quick.
1: No, oh no no. You stay out of here you're with your talk. bad audio quality.
0: Hold on, hold on, cause you're gonna I, I got like I got ten seconds. That is a hundred percent true. If I could find Dana here, I think she could probably vouch for it. I
2: don't I don't trust her, she's compromised.
0: My brother in law is here slaving away on T shirts. He works in New York. Dan, yeah. I have a theory that uh, if I go to New York, by the end of the day, whatever uh, I blow out. I heard my nose, this on black. the podcast. Is it true? As I just came from New York. Uh, that's incorrect.
2: Thank you. Shit. Yes.
1: Yes. Now go hit mute, Kyle. All
0: right. I'm, I'm not lying, however. That is a 100% a true story.
1: Then Maybe you were just inhaling, uh, like black Sharpie. I don't know.
2: <laughs> it was weird. I went to New York and I sucked the tailpipe of a truck for five minutes. I thought that's what everybody does. <laughs> that's Like funny. if that's if that, basically
0: if... just walking around New York, that's, you don't, you don't even need to have to try for that.
2: Kyle, if that was the case, <clears throat> I would be... <clears throat> <laughs> all the time which i kind of have in the morning I, I wonder if is, that's you why you're there's
0: a lower life expectancy in new york
2: uh i could see, see that or turn hit mute um i once w- watched a documentary about stress in monkey communities and <laughs> how the biggest monkey got all the female monkeys the biggest male monkey, all the female monkeys, and he had the largest life expectancy and he was the healthiest. And what would happen is when he would get angry about something, he'd yell at a lower ranking monkey. And that lower ranking, ranking monkey would yell at a lower ranking monkey until it got to the lowest monkey who got no female monkeys, had the shortest life expectancy and got really big around his midsection. He got like was like a stress fat. And I'm a firm believer that's a, that's exactly how our society works, where we just pass along our bullshit to a lower ranking monkey. And I think that um, because of stress, I definitely would think that people in New York live low, uh, shorter lives because I do think it's more stressful in New York. I think there's less amount of times in which you truly have to yourself. Public transportation—you don't have that moment in the car to just like relax and vent and all that stuff. Um, you don't have you don't have traffic, but there's always you know issues and all that stuff. People—I don't want to say are less friendly in New York, but they're more willing to bump into you. Um, but I definitely think people in New York probably have lower life expectancies. I think they have longer life expectancies to people that work in coal mines. Hey, now. Well, it's probably let's somewhere not between let's not go
0: coal, like, Yeah, somewhere between coal mine and the wilderness.
1: Yeah, I you know I, I want to respond, that. but I don't want to keep having echoes because you know, Mister, okay, I can't yeah, record. I'm
0: out. I'm out. I happen to be walking by the computer and heard my name invoked. Adam, enjoy Minnesota, and we'll uh, we'll figure out whenever we can. Uh, yeah. Sync up.
2: I'll tell you what, there's that moment when you get off a plane and it's fucking cold and you're like, damn, I was kind of hoping all that shit was bullshit, but uh, I don't know. Apparently they have underground tunnels, so I'm excited about that. You're not going to
0: notice it if they win Sunday.
2: So. Oh, man. Right. So my dad won uh, a pair of tickets in the Eagle season ticket lottery. And he is officially coming to Minnesota with his guy, his friend that he splits tickets with. Whoa! Uh, and apparently, my mom's coming up too, and my mom might need to stay in my hotel room for a night, which has <laughs> I've never had I've never had a cool assignment and such an uncool thing happen. But you can't say no. You, you say know? you say, "Hey, mom, let me tell you something."
1: I have plenty of room at the Mall of America food court, and we're gonna dress you up. You're gonna get all the free samples, and if you are to she use
2: my mom to accumulate yeah, free samples, yeah. I like
1: that. But but that's how you do it. So then, mom has to go and get two platters worth of food, so that if you go out to the bars at night and you come home and you're a, you're a disgusting mess, she's got two platters of of. Uh, You know, cold or lukewarm Chinese food waiting for you when you get back.
2: I am going to be so uncharacteristic this Super Bowl. I am not planning on really going out at all, um, except maybe, maybe Friday or Saturday because I don't really have to work the next day. But I also don't want to be hung over the day of the Super Bowl. Like that's a real fear of mine. Yeah, is it is it bad that in like some awful
1: way, in like the least horrible outcome for you possible? that we find out that you ended up like getting into a uh, Tom Byrne level kind of exchange with a taxi driver and you drop the do you know who I am except it's not that it's you next to Phil Sims in the back seat and Phil rags on you and says no I don't know who are you
2: I would never do the who what I like we I think one of the first podcasts we did or it may have been I don't know if it was a test or whatever I talked about the Philadelphia reporter going on the Do You Know Who I Am rant.
1: Was yeah, that... that? was that was Tom Byrne. He used to work for The Fanatic. He was the one that. No, the girl, the female. Oh, no. That oh, was... yeah. I forget what her name was. There was
2: a news reporter doing the Do You Know Who Fuck I Am? And it was like a very Britt McHenry type of stuff. Um, I don't even think at my drunkest I would go on a rant like that. I just, I, I don't want people to know who I am so much that I don't want them to know who I am, if that makes any sense. That's like, I, I, I experienced this. When I was in Louisville and I had some YouTube videos that, like, kind of exploded, um, and there was this time where I was, like, in the bathroom and I was using a urinal, and this guy reached over and stuck his hand out. He goes, hey, Adam, so nice to meet you. You really killed it with the YouTube. And at that moment, I went, I don't want to fucking be famous. Like, I don't want people bothering me when I'm taking a piss because I was drunk at the time. And I was like, man, I've already been dancing. Like, how many people were Like, paying attention? Like, I thought no one knew. It, it's a mind fuck. Like, I watched Phil Sims today get off and have to sign those autographs. And me and uh, the two producers were like, I kind of feel bad for him. Like, it was just, it seemed too much. I just want to be that guy that's like drunk and annoying in the corner. That's like that guy talks a lot. And then when I die, they're like, "Oh yeah, he he talked on that that uh, that that little known Philadelphia podcast." Like that's it's, how I want my life to end. It's funny you say it's little known because we've
1: been blowing up the iTunes. Uh, really? Well, I don't. You know, we've been picking up a lot of reviews, a lot of ratings. It seems like we've gotten an influx of people, or maybe my incessant rambling and and begging for reviews is finally paying off.
2: All right, give uh, me one, and then I'm going to get going. All right, know so you it was, have a whole well, show to do.
1: It was funny because I was, li- you know, listening to uh, Simpson Levko, and uh, one yeah, of your the guys jokes are mad oh, questions. I just don't have one in front of me. So one of the guys who actually you read the review for left us one, and I read it the other day um, about. I th- it doesn't matter. It was me, 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 and I. That person wrote a review for you guys that you read, and he also did one for us. Um, here's one from Skullbear. Five stars. This podcast is a godsend. Three guys who aren't afraid to challenge each other without making that over, uh, making that the overriding tone of the show found it boring or found it bored while on tune in while working on an overnight and feeling not particularly interested in hearing Steve Travelle I don't know who that is. Eagles takes. It opened the door to, to become a Simpson Lefko fan as well. Adam, your defense of Philly fans was perfect, and you've made it a lifelong fan out of me. Keep up the great work, boys. Thrilled to help in the quest to 500. And Russ, you will drop an F-bomb if the Eagles pull this thing off. Steve from New Jersey. Thank you, Steve. A reminder to all the people out there, go on to iTunes or Apple Pods and leave a five-star review and a rating. When we get to 500, Kyle's going to give something away from the website.
2: Ooh, I hope it's a shirt.
1: I hope it's a shirt. Don't forget, by the way, know know this is this is yeah, a well. a before show or after show, but. Uh Carlino's Market Tuesday. We're doing a live show. Got confirmation today that it won't be provided with alcohol by just one brewery. We will have two breweries wow. represented at the uh, live pod in Carlino's in Westchester on Tuesday night. That will be the fine folks from Lacabra out of Berwyn. They were there at the Ardmore show, as well as Boxcar Brewing from Westchester. So they will be there providing the bubbly. Uh, they'll be providing samples and drinks and all that, and Carlina's will have the full spread out there. Just remember, if you're trying to find something to do on a Tuesday night, or you're there with the love of your life who doesn't like sports or doesn't like podcasts, just remind him or her, there's free food. There's wings, there's tomato pie, there's plenty of dips. Uh, I believe there were meatballs last time. There's a ton to eat. There will be two breweries there. It is well worth the uh, non-existent price of admission. It's all free. Show up, come out, will be there Tuesday night. Carlino's in Westchester. I've been getting a lot of questions about parking. There is a uh, parking garage a block away across from the courthouse. Public parking on the second floor opens up, I think, after 5 p.m. Uh, check Twitter if you have questions when you get there, and there's no parking available. Send me a message, and I will be happy to get you set up.
2: Man, I'll tell you, the way that you guys talk about Carlino's food, it and that tomato pie, it must be ridiculous. It's so good. All the foods food is delicious. so looking forward to that. I'm excited that you get to go to the stomping grounds and you're actually being sponsored by a place that you ate at.
1: Yeah, that was the thing like I've always said that that that's was that was a place that true. I wanted to try to get just because you know they kept me alive in college and I greatly appreciated it. That's awesome.
2: yeah Russ, it was great talking to you, Kyle, thanks for defending yourself as always. Uh, I'll check in with you guys and kind of let you know what the thing is, but everybody that's listening uh, man. We've been on a fucking wild, wild ride, and this is the week where it all comes to fruition. Uh, and if I end up interviewing some Eagles players, I'll ask some questions, and I'll let you guys know.
1: Sounds good, man. We'll, awesome. uh, we'll be talking to you at least once this week, maybe not Wednesday, but definitely, I'm assuming, Friday. If we don't, yeah. for some Kick reason, talk the, to you, uh... you know, do, it, do, it, do it the right way. Do it live, do it well, and make mm. the city of Philadelphia proud.
2: Hell yeah. And uh, Carlino's, man, when I get to taste that tomato pie, I'm going to be very excited. We are going to make this happen. Sounds good, man.